Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. And uh, we are going to continue. This will be our final uh, installment of our Creating Margin series. Uh, we're moving on next week. We're starting our Make Room series for two weeks, and it's going to be fantastic. I wanted to remind you that we, uh, obviously, as you know by now, we have no in-person gatherings until, God willing, January 3rd. Um, but we are having our normal service times. On Christmas Eve, we'll be having a service at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and 6 o'clock that you can watch at home with your family. It'll be a little bit of a shorter service. Pastor James has organized some great music, great messages, great videos. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. So we just want to be with you in your home. And then on the 27th of December, we're having a little bit of a church at home. We would have done it in our home, but unfortunately, the restrictions won't allow that. So we're going to shoot that right here in our second home in our Cardell Theater lobby there with our fireplace. It's going to look fantastic. So we're going to talk, just consider what God's been speaking to us over 2020, and um, it's going to be a great time together. So I hope you can hear me okay. Last week, my button was not buttoned, and um, everyone could see my growing chest hair. So hopefully today, you're not, uh, that's not a problem for you. Uh, but come on, the, the second thing we're talking about today is today's the last day for your Christmas giveaway. Uh, you can drop that off today if you still are able to. We're here uh, probably till about 1.30 or so. And so if you want to leave the house right now, go get on and drop it off. Awesome. Uh, if not, you can email us at admin at lovecitychurch.ca and set up a time with my wife to figure out when you can get that as well. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, we have our Heart for the House offering, which starts today, any, any week, any day really, but every, any Sunday uh, in uh, December, we are giving uh, above and beyond offering. I want you to pray about what God wants you to give to support the house of God into 2021. And the four areas that, we gave, that we're going to get, focus on this year, our kids and youth ministry, come on, we want to bless our children and our youth ministry, our growing, thriving kids ministry. I, I just think Pastor Jesse doing an amazing job. And, uh, you know, so, so it's fantastic. We want to invest into that. Uh, Pastor James Worship, an online broadcast ministry. We want our online stream to continue to be amazing. And we want to upgrade that, continue to upgrade that and make sure all of our little technical kinks get figured out as well as Pastor James doing an incredible job with our worship ministry and want to invest into that as well. We want to continue to add to our building fund because uh, maybe one day God will give us a building and who would be awesome if we pay cash for it? Come on, somebody. So uh, anybody out there wants to drop 52 mil for this building, come on now. Just kidding. And then a love offering for our staff. We want to bless our staff, man. They just work so hard uh, to, con- you know, just to help us during the season, and we want to bless them. And so come on. We'll encourage you to pray. Holy, let the Holy Spirit lead you and uh, give as he leads you. So come on, we're going to end our, se- our series today, Creating Margin. And I am so excited about today's message because what we're going to talk about today is the result of what happens when you create margin in your life. It's, it's what happens when you begin to make a conscious decision. Okay, God, I want to create healthy financial stewardship in my life, biblical margin, and I want to begin to make the right choices and I want to begin to shift my life to be in a place where I'm being a good steward of my finances and there's a result. There is an actual outcome. There's an actual fruit. And today we're going to talk about what that fruit is. But I want you to catch this term today, this idea that your money has a ministry. Come on, your money has a ministry. Your money has a ministry. And I want you to know that today, that your money is not just meant to be, meant to be spent 
uh, on our, ourselves. It's not just meant to, to uh, give us a better life. I mean, those, those things obviously are a part of money. We have a, a great life and we want to make sure that we take care of our family and, and those around us. But, but our money actually, at the end of the day, is meant to be a ministry to serve the purposes of God. And so what we want to talk about today is the result of a life that has biblical margin built into their life. And what we, we, we need to understand something, though, is that in order for us to experience this breakthrough, experience this, this reality of what we're talking about today, we have to remember about the ancient uh, uh, traditional uh, uh, practice that we talked about last week. And it's important, my wife often tells me, don't recap, don't waste the time, but today I want to recap just a tiny bit so I can set a foundation for you so you can know why, where we're going this week by kind of referencing where we were last week. And we talked about this financial strategy that's been laid the foundation for many years, since the beginning of time, really. The first family did it, and Abraham did it, and David did it, and all the way through Scripture we see uh, the idea of tithing. And the idea of tithing is basically just giving the first and the best to God. The word tithe means 10, and so 10%. And we believe that that 10% is honor and praise to God. It's returning to God. Tithing isn't giving to God. Tithing is returning to God what's already His. And we learn that that first part of that tithe is holy to the Lord. And so this first portion, when we give this first, uh, all throughout Scripture, and you can listen to last week's, we talk about the, tithe, the first being holy, the first part, the ten, being holy unto the Lord. And when we give this part to the Lord, what happens is, is it redeems the rest of our finances. So you and I can experience uh, all of our needs being met, and we can begin to live a life on 90%. What you and I could never have done without giving to the Lord, without honoring God with our finances, you and I can never do with all the money on the planet what God could do with 90%. Why? Because he owns a cattle on a thousand hill. Everything belongs to the Lord. God wants to bless you and provide for you. And God wants to supply for all of your need. And so he wants to teach us that he can do more with little. That's what he wants to do. More with little in your life. And so we learn this idea of tithing. Now, there was a lot of questions that came up in groups about tithing, you know, gross or net, do, where do we give that tithe? So I'm going to reference that in our group video. And so if, you, if you're not in a group, come on, join a group. Come on, somebody. If you want to like, what are the answers? I got to know it. Come on, join a group, you know, go to an online group. And if not, if you're unable to do that, you can watch our online group video on YouTube. Uh, it comes out tomorrow afternoon. And so, uh, but we learn this. We learn, as I said, that, that what happens when we give our first to the Lord, he redeems our, the rest of our finances. And we learn that this tithe is not giving to the Lord, it's returning to the Lord. Yeah. And we learn that this 90% is redeemed. And we also learn the idea that, that this biblical margin that God wants to create in our lives, where we honor God with our wealth, we honor God with our first fruits, with our tithe. As I mentioned, he blesses our life. And this is in this 90% is where you're going to find satisfaction. This is where you're going to find contentment. This is where you're going to find all of your needs met. This is where you're going to find complete revision. As I wrote in the italics here, you get to live 120% life on 90%. Now, don't, don't, don't uh, take me wrong on this. I don't mean we're going to go out and live a Kardashian's life. I just mean that God can do with 90% what you and I could never do with 120%. Why? Because it's been redeemed. It's been blessed by God. He wants to protect it. He wants to uh, help it uh, uh, fulfill the purposes that he has for it. And so here's the challenge that we talked about last week. Many of us are living, uh, spending 100% of our finances, our income. Or we spend 110%, 120% even, because often we find ourselves in a crazy amount of debt to kind of keep up with the life that we feel that we want to have. And so often we're living, you know, most Canadians are living 100% or beyond. And so this is what we have to do today. 
You say, Ryan, how do I tithe or how do I do what we're talking about today when I'm in debt? Listen, I want to help you understand something from personal experience. If you commit today, okay, firstly, I want to create biblical margin in my life. Make that conscious decision that you want to give your whole life to God. You want to give all your finances to God because they belong all to Him and that you believe He can help you. Then today, start to tithe. Start to give away that first to the Lord because what's going to happen is, is that He's going to begin to give you wisdom and strategy and stewardship. My wife and I had some debt several years ago and we said, all right, God, well, I believe you're telling me to get out of debt. And I had, you know, we had debt in our, whatever. We had a bunch of stuff we need to pay off. And I said, all right, Lord, I want to pay off this debt. Within three months, God helped us pay off that debt. Someone left cash on our doorstep. There was money coming in from all over the place. I don't know where it came from, but we were faithful to pay that down and faithful to have stewardship. And we got wisdom and we sought counsel. And God is faithful to help you. He might not pay all your debt down. I don't know if God does that or not. He might not pay your debt down, but he will give you the wisdom that you need to strategize, to have the grace to be able to pull back how you're living in order to bring that debt down so you can get into the 90% and begin to position yourself to experience what we're talking about today. And so this is the goal. This is the goal, and we'll talk about even a further goal for your life today is to live in this margin place, this in-between. So the goal, the, 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 the outcome of what I'm talking about today is, is that you begin to have a ministry with your money. The outcome of today is that you continue to receive more from God. And you say, Ryan, oh, here it is. Here's that moment. I knew it was coming. He's going to talk about money and it's all about getting more. No, no, no. The money that God wants to give you more of isn't to spend on yourself. The money that God gives you more of is that you can sow and give back to those who are in need, back to who God leads you to. I was between services here today. Joel walked up to me and he had a bunch of checks to write because it's uh, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. We love you, girl. She helps us with our, our bookkeeping. And I, I signed these checks. We're giving $6,000 away this, just this month alone to help uh, people in need across the world and families, hope, mission, and world compassion. We're giving it to churches. We're blessing people. Why? Because God trusts us that we are going to be faithful to give back what he gives to us. And so it's beautiful. It's wonderful. So Ryan, what is this biblical form of giving? Because remember, tithing isn't giving. Tithing is returning. So what is the biblical form of giving? The word I, I like to use is offering. This is coming down, and I'm not doing that on purpose, okay? It's just heavy on my shirt. <laughs> it's a, a spirit-led, spontaneous giving. This is a, an offering, a free will gift. This is above and beyond the tithe. You need to hear this. You cannot give an offering until you give the tithe. This is above and beyond. This is a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Look what, look what uh, Paul says in Philippians chapter 4.18. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts, with the offering that you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. I want to make a very a clear point. Paul is not saying that Epaphroditus gave him these gifts. Paul is talking to the Philippian church. He's talking to a group of people who collectively gave an offering to the house of God that they might serve Paul on his missionary, uh, on his mission to go preach the gospel and plant more churches. It wasn't just Epaphroditus. It wasn't an individual thing. It was individuals inside of the local church doing it together. And as you look at all of the giving scriptures all throughout the New Testament, all of them are written to the church. 
the church giving the offering, the church meeting the needs, the church doing these things, meeting needs of other people. Another cool testimony. We're giving, uh, is this a secret, honey, about the single moms? Is that a secret? Uh, it's, a, it's a secret. We're, we want to bless a single mom. That's all I'm going to say. So we're blessing you guys. It's a secret, though. I'm so sorry. It was supposed to be a hush-hush secret. We want to bless the single moms in the church, and so we're going to bless you guys this year. Amen. Huh? Oh, single parents. Sorry. Anyways, I'm sorry. You don't tell me any secrets because it'll just come out. But come on, this offering, this sweet-smelling offering, the sacrifice to God, this is where you and I get to have a ministry with our money. This is where we give spirit-led, spontaneous giving to things God puts in our heart. The Bible actually teaches us several of the very specific things that we should be giving our money to. Orphans, those orphans that are in need. Uh, widows, and the Bible very clearly says widows are 65 and older who are in need. The hungry, people who are hungry. Uh, persecuted and needy Christians. Uh, uh, missionaries and church plants. We give to World Compassion to help persecuted Christians overseas. We give to Hope Mission to help families in need. We give to local churches. We're partnered with uh, El Aviva, which used to be NLI, who helps our friend Vincenzo Abate down in Naples, Italy, supporting their church plant. We give this money to these specific things, and the purpose of this offering is to have a ministry into the lives of other people. So I want you to capture this today. It's so important. And I want to say this, as I said this in the first service. I know when you hear about money and you hear a pastor talk about money, it feels a little, you may have had a bad experience or maybe you feel like there's a gotcha moment or there's something behind the scenes. I want you to know today, as far as you can trust my words today, if you know me, you know I'm being sincere. I want you to get this because it impacts your walk with Jesus. I want you to get this because it helps your heart know God better. I want you to get this because money is one of the number one causes of divorce and money is one of the number one reasons people get hurt and wounded and broken. Uh, money is, is, God wants, doesn't just want your money, he wants your heart. And sometimes the only way to get to your heart is to go through your treasure. He has to go through your treasure to get to your heart. Every single one of us holds money so dearly because we spend our entire lives centered around the idea of money. And so I want you to hear me today. This isn't just about me or this isn't about our church. This is about you. I want you to experience the breakthrough in your life that I am personally experiencing in my own life and I know many others are experiencing. I just want to say this to you today. Our heart is, is, is for you and for you to experience a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. We want you to discover a relationship with Jesus through finding freedom in your money. Amen. And so I want to just kind of dip into this New Testament thought today. And uh, these mind-blowing truths that are found, Holy Spirit, help me. Well, it's, uh, these mind-blowing truths that are help in this Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter Second Corinthians chapter nine. Everyone in the room is waiting for this shirt to unbutton. Second <laughs> Corinthians, sorry, I'm a little scattered. Second Corinthians chapter nine is one of the most powerful passages of Scripture in the entire Bible about giving. But I want you to understand something. Often people use 2 Corinthians chapter 9 to talk about tithing. It has nothing to do with tithing. This today, what we talk about today, is about an offering, is about above and beyond the tithe. It's about a supernatural gift, a supernatural sacrifice, a sweet-smelling offering to God, a ministry that God has for your finances. And so as we look at this today, I want you to understand that Paul is writing this to the church. Someone's texting me, Joshua Rice. There you go, buddy. Thanks, Josh. You're texting me during church, okay. Um, it's awesome, bro. I hope you're watching church right now. <laughs> we'll know later. 
So this idea, the background of this chapter in, in, in 2 Corinthians, that Paul was going around to all these churches doing a Help Jerusalem campaign. Jerusalem was the church in Jerusalem was experiencing poverty. They were experiencing some persecution. And Paul felt the Lord lead him to, to inspire all the churches that he planted. So he went to all the different churches saying, guys, let's help Jerusalem church. Let's help the Jerusalem church. So he went to the Corinth and to the Corinthian church and said, come on, guys. And the Corinthian church said, we want to give a lavish offering. They were very wealthy. We want to give above and beyond. And so Paul's mind was blown at how much money that they wanted to give. So he went to all the other churches and said, guys, listen to the Corinthian church. And the Macedonian church, they were poor. They were impoverished. And the Bible says that the Macedonian church gave more than they could afford. They, they, they dug down deep into, their, into their, their, the well of their finances and said, God, we're going to give a sacrificial offering to help the church in Jerusalem because the Corinthian church did this amazing offering. And so Paul went to these Corinthians and said, okay, guys, I've been spreading the word about you. Don't embarrass me now. Follow through. You said a year ago you were going to give this money. Like, time's coming up. I'm going to send Timothy or Titus to come and get the money from you. Come on, be generous. Remember, those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. And so this passage of Scripture here is Paul trying to encourage the Corinthians to keep their word. Be who you are. You're the church. You're followers of Jesus. Keep your word and give generously. And so let's read this passage of Scripture together in uh, chapter uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse Six. It says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Now remember, this is not about the tithe. This is about the offering. We're talking about the idea of above and beyond the tithe. It says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion in relationship to the Jerusalem Fund of Helping Christians, for God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful means hilarious giver. <laughs> Come on, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that, that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. This basically means this. People are going to say thank you that you proved that you were truly a follower of Christ. Like, people are going to be like, wow, thank you, God, that this church is truly a church of Jesus Christ. Truly you believe in the gospel of God because of this generous offering that you have given. And so, come on, let's jump into this for a second. In verse 6, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. The NLT uses a different language. It says, remember, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will, will, will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously 
will receive a generous crop. So Paul's using, uh, uh, he's using agricultural analogy. He's using seeds to define money. And so here in the seed, he says, basically, if a farmer walked out into a field, had a bag of seed, put his hand in the, in, in the bag, scattered a few seeds, walked away and came back to harvest time, and there was only a small harvest, he, he can't be upset about that yeah. because he reaped what he sowed. But if he goes out with a bag of seed and casts the entire bag of seed out to expect a harvest in return, he's going to go out and expect the harvest to match what he sowed. And this is the principle of giving that we cannot expect to get back what we don't sow. In verse 10, it says this. Now he supplies, look at this, seed to the sower and bread for food. Now this is the sweet spot of giving. Look. He supplies seed to the sower, not seed to the keeper. Seed to the sower and bread for food. So he meets your need, but he also gives you more seed. And he gives you more seed because you sow it. And every time you sow it, he gives you more seed. And whenever you sow that seed, he gives you more seed. Seed is sown, you reap more. Seed is sown, you reap more. And the reason he gives you more is so that you can give it away. He wants to give you more money to bless more people. So the farmer has an option. He has a bag of seed. He could grind that entire bag of seed down and make bread and be left with no seed. He would have nothing left and wait for someone else to give him more money. Or he could take that bag of seed, grind some of it down to meet his needs, and what's left over, he re-sows back to expect a new harvest. See, that's what God wants us to do with our finances. He gives us exactly what we need. But I want you to understand something. There will always be left over if you're financing or if you're stewarding your finances biblically. God will always allow you to have left over so you can sow into his kingdom to help more people who can know Jesus better, to meet more needs, to help persecuted Christians, to help orphans and widows and the hungry, to serve the kingdom of God in Calgary and across the world, he will always give you more, plenty to sow, but it all starts with your decision to say, okay, I'm going to steward my finances. So, and I'm going to begin to tithe. And I'm going to begin to just strip back to what I need. God, what do I need? And he'll supply for it. Yes. And as you begin to be faithful in that, guess what happens? He says, okay, you're faithful in that. I'm going to, he, he is faithful to give you more. Mm-hmm. Every time. So when you and I begin to move ourselves down to this biblical sweet spot, we begin to experience something supernatural. I get to do ministry with my money. Paul says it a different way in the same verse. He then says it just plainly. He says it clear in English. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, look at this, having all you need. So he's going to bless you abundantly in all things, at all times. That's a pretty good verse. (laughs) Having all that you need, look at this, you will abound in every good work. So without question, God is committed to meeting your need, but he's also committed to giving you plenty more, not so you can go out and buy that new Ferrari, so that you can go out and bless other people. Your your money now has a ministry. Your money now has a purpose. It doesn't happen until you give it away. It doesn't happen until you start to tithe. It doesn't happen until you start to make that decision. Okay, today, I'm going to begin to live led by the Spirit of God, not by the Spirit of mammon. 
Look what he says in another translation. God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need. And look at that, plenty left over to share with others. So I need you to see this today because this is the whole point of what we're talking about. Last week, we taught you this, that if you learn the, the biblical ancient practice, it's proven all throughout Scripture, to give the 10%, that first part, the best part, all throughout Scripture, the storehouse, the temple. In Acts chapter 4, I think it is, they laid it at the apostles' feet, at the church's feet. They said, okay, this 10% here, honor God with your wealth. What does he do? He redeems your 90%. So we talked about this, but there's, this is the next level. This is what I'm excited for you to experience in your life. See, this is where, now, don't get thrown off by this number, 80%. Okay, you think, oh my gosh, I'm only going to live on 80%. It was hard for me to break down a $10 bill into multiples. So maybe for you, it's 0.05%. Maybe for you, it's 0.1%. Maybe it's 2%. Maybe it's 10%. I don't know. Wherever the Holy Spirit speaks to you in that. But look at this. When we begin to give our 10% to God, our first, we love God. We're ministering to God. We're returning the first to God. And what happens is, is we begin to create margin in our life so that now God's going to satisfy every need you have within this 80 to 90 percent range where there's godliness and contentment and satisfaction you're living 120 percent life on 80 percent or 85 percent or 87 percent or 88 percent see this is what I'm trying to show you today this is the powerful next level of your giving so now we're giving 10 percent to God every first and the best to God every single time the first of my income then he begins to give you all you need and guess what you have some left over now, for me and Steph, when we started doing this several years ago, it was like five bucks a month. It was like 0.007% or something like that. But the, when it comes to the offering, it, the, the amount doesn't matter. It's what the Lord asks you to give. So at the time, we were only given like seven bucks. You say, well, what's seven bucks going to do? Well, God can take seven bucks and he can magnify that and multiply that in a way that you never could. He takes seven bucks and you say, all right, I don't, that's all I got. I'm going to give seven bucks to this person in, in world compassion, to the families down there. And it just so happened to take seven bucks to feed a family for an entire week. Hallelujah. And you just fed an entire family for an entire week. And they say, God, thank you for supplying for all of my needs. God, my relationship with you is going deeper. All because a little person over in Canada decided to give the leftovers for God, to give the, the sow that seed. And guess what God says next time? Okay, I'm going to give you 14. I'm going to multiply it so that you can give more away. This is healthy, creative, or a healthy margin, creating healthy margin in your life. This is what it looks like. This measure of 10% is up between you and the Lord. That's between God to speak to you on. That's not for me to say the Bible doesn't clarify that. It just says it's spontaneous. It's led by the Holy Spirit. And this is where I believe God wants to take us. Now, there's results for this. Here's, here's the results. And I've spit a lot of them out, but I want to just break it down for you. Right in the scripture, look what Paul says. Verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. So he gives, you, he gives you your needs and then he gives you extra seed. Look, he increases your store of seed. So he increases your store of seed. That word increase means multiply. Two times two, four times four, six times six. 10 times 10, 15 times 15. Ryan, that doesn't talk about money. Oh yes, this is talking about money. Like the rest of it is just, is obedience to God. But God wants to bring money back into your account. And you say, why? Because he wants you to bless more people. He wants you to give away to more people. He wants you to bless more people. He wants you to use, have a ministry with your money. He doesn't give you multiplied money so you can go out and upgrade your lifestyle. He gives you multiplied finances because he trusts you. 
that I'm going to take this money and I'm not going to put it in towards this or towards that. I'm going to give this back into the kingdom of God. I'm going to put this back to help more persecuted Christians, and orphans and widows. I'm going to invest this back into that. See, this is the purpose of what God has given us money for. But I need you to hear me today. You can't live this way until you make a personal decision that I'm going to start treating godly margin financially in my life and I'm going to begin to give the first, which is holy, to the Lord. That first belongs to the Lord. That's the first step. You won't be able to get here until you begin to give that first part, that tenth part to the Lord. And when you begin to have that regular part of your life and you begin to steward your finances down to a place of 90% where you're living and finally you get your place where that debt's paid down, the debt paid off, and you're living in a place where you're at 90% and God's satisfying all your needs and you're giving the first part to the Lord and you remain faithful in that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get a little bit extra. And God's going to say, all right, now I want to bless you. I want to bless you. You get to take this money and you get to bless somebody else. What are you going to do with it? Be led by the Spirit of Mammon or the Spirit of God? Take that money and bless it and sow into the God's kingdom. Guess what happens? He gives you more. He gives you more. He blesses you. That's what this is saying right here, that he increases your store of seed. But then he continues. Look at this. He says this also. And he will enlarge, I love this, enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So he talks about money and then he says, but also I want you to know that you will see incredible fruit in your relationship with Jesus. Your heart will be so full because you are giving hilariously, yes. <laughs> cheerfully, joyfully. Money's no longer this hot topic in your home. <sighs> You're no longer fighting with your spouse over it or trying to figure it out. You're just trusting that the Lord provides for all of my needs. He has never stopped being faithful to me one single day in my life. And look what verse 11 says. You'll be enriched. In every way, you'll be made rich spiritually in every way so that you can be generous on every single occasion. This whole idea of giving and tithing and creating margin, all of it has to do with one thing. God wants your heart. That's it. As I said earlier, he's going through your money to get to your heart. He can get the money to you, but can he get the money through you? He wants to provide for you, but he doesn't want it to stop at you. We ain't a dead sea that has an inlet but no outlet. We're a Mediterranean sea where the water comes in and the water flows out. Come on, he wants to get the money to you, but can he trust you to get it through you? We have to recognize that God, money, our whole world is centered around money. The second most, most topic Jesus talked about in the entire Gospels, the scriptures teach about money, and he wants you to know today that this isn't just about a dollar. This isn't just about providing for the church. This isn't just about meeting the needs of persecuted Christians. This isn't just about satisfying your needs. This is about your relationship with Jesus. He wants your heart. He wants you to be a hilarious giver. He wants your heart. And the only way for you to be a cheerful giver is for Jesus to impact your heart. He wants your heart. He wants there to be a transformation of your heart. Evidence that you have a transformed, transformed heart is that you have a joy in giving. Evidence that you have a joyful heart is that it is not begrudging for you to give that you would more than willing give a tithe. You'd more than willing give you an offering. Why? Because God is faithful. 
And he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And he never lets us down. And he never leaves us forsaken. And he always provides what we need in our lives. God is constantly and always faithful. And he will never, ever let you down. But he provides us with finances. And we have a decision to make. It all comes down as we end today on Matthew chapter 6. Where Jesus looked at the disciples. And he said, guys, you cannot serve two masters. You, can, you can't serve the spirit of mammon and serve the spirit of God. You've got to make a conscious decision today. What, how, how do you want your, your finances to play out in your life? What we've studied over the last three weeks is simply the Bible's way of teaching you and me how to fully trust in the Lord with all of our heart and say, okay, God, I want to create margin in my life. It's a bit of faith for me, God, to start trusting in my own ways and begin to give, it just doesn't make any sense, God, for me to give my money away in this way, but I want to make you a promise. If you begin to invest your finances in the way that we're talking about today, if you begin to have a heart with a cheerful giver, you begin to give your first to the Lord, you begin to get your, your percentage down to what you need, not what you want, God's going to begin to give you more. Yes. I believe that there's a lot of people who are just experiencing a lot of bondage when it comes to finances. Causes anxiety, stress. It causes arguments in your relationship. It causes frustration. So many churches are frustrated. Thank the Lord that God has blessed our church. Come on, amen. We have no debt. $50,000 in the bank. Our giving went up by 23% this year. We've given away almost $40,000 away as a church. And that wasn't just me. That was you and me. Together, we've done that. Why? Because we put this into practice as a church. And we see it time and time again. I don't know. I just feel like prophetically right now that I just see this picture of this, like, you know, when you open a, a can with a can opener. And the other day I was opening a can and, I, and it got stuck, but part of it didn't get cut off. And I turned to Steph and said, we need a new can opener. She goes, no, you need to learn how to open cans. <laughs> Snap. And I began to open it. It was like I couldn't get the top off. And I just feel like there's some of you who are like that, where, you know, Ryan, I want to give my money and I want to follow these principles, but I'm just, I got a couple of hangups. The Lord wants to come and he just wants to kind of sever that hangup. He wants to heal that heart. He wants to touch your spirit. He wants to give, bring freedom into your life. He wants you to, again to trust him and trust the Lord that he is involved in your life and wants to bless you financially. Not just that you can go out and live the Kardashian life. No, you can be a steward and be content and be satisfied and be faithful to the Lord and experience tr true joy in your life. Let me pray for you today. Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, for those watching today who have some hangups. Lord, they've been hurt in the past or Lord, whether it's been seeing churches make mistakes or maybe they've made their own mistakes, God, and they don't, they don't know how to come back from it. Or maybe, God, they've just felt like their life would look one way and it doesn't look that way. And so maybe they're just disillusioned with life. I just pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would come. And he'd minister to every person watching today to know that, God, that you have a plan for their finances. And the purpose of their finances is to bless your kingdom. And to bless you, God. And yes, you want to satisfy our needs. And yes, God, you want to bless us with a, a roof over our head. And Lord, Lord, you want to bless us, God. You want us to eat good food. And Lord, we, we want us to, Lord, be good stewards of our finances. And live in such a way where, God, we're, we're not living a haggard, God, but we're living blessed. But Father, you want us, God, to feel so much freedom to be able to bless others with our finances. 
I pray for wisdom for those who are in debt, Lord, to have wisdom to get out of it. I pray for wisdom, God, for those who are trying to get stuck in their relationships, God. I pray for wisdom, Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Would you bring breakthrough and transformation in life in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ? Come on, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.